I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This month, we're giving away a custom-made Rawson surfboard. Pat Rawson will make you a surfboard custom-built to your specs simply for supporting this podcast. We've done this six times in the past, and this time we're partnering with Spy Optic. So as always, if you make a financial contribution to the show in the month of September, you'll be entered to win, but you can actually double your odds by using our promo code podcast on spyoptic.com this month. So if you've been needing a pair of sunglasses or you want to grab some snow goggles for the upcoming season, go to spyoptic.com, use our promo code podcast, and you'll get another entry to win our giveaway Rawson, which is just a bonus because the shades are actually awesome, top quality, obviously. And if you are already set up with a monthly recurring donation, then you've already been entered to win once this month. So you can do all of this on surfsplendorpodcast.com slash donate. I will pluck a random winner on October 1st, and then I'll put you in contact directly with Pat Ross and himself to get your board dialed. You'll only be responsible for shipping costs of the surfboard, but he'll either make it for you in San Diego or Hawaii, so you can pick up there if you're nearby. Anyways, thank you to spyoptic.com and Pat Rawson. And of course, thank you to all of you listeners who support this show throughout the year. Without you, it would not be possible. Welcome back to part four of our Temples of Stoke series, celebrating iconic California surf retailers. Today we have a conversation with Josh Hansen of the preeminent San Diego surfboard brand and retailer, Hansen Surfboards. Located on 1105 South Coast Highway 101, nearly overlooking Swamis, Hansen was founded in Cardiff in 1961 as a small surfboard label and now manages full-service e-commerce, 20,000 square feet of retail, and 55 employees. This Temples of Stoke series was prompted by the Surfing Heritage and Culture Center in San Clemente, who is hosting an exhibit by the same name featuring Hansen and 22 other iconic California retailers. The museum is open to the public, and this exhibit runs through October 29th. Visit Shack. Dot org. That's S-H-A-C-C dot org to learn more. And without further ado, my name is David Scales for Surf Splendor. I hope that you enjoy my conversation with Josh Hansen.
So I'm Josh Hansen. I'm okay. the youngest son of Don Hansen. Uh, I've been working at the shop here now for getting close to 20 years. Holy cow. Was here and right out of college. I finished college in 2001. So what is that, 18 years now? Um, I run the company now. Um, so I report to Don, but he's very passive now in the biz and spends a lot of time in Montana, has for a lot of years. Um, so uh, I have a brother and a sister who are very involved in the biz. Oh, they are. Um, okay. And then we have a, a, a number of other employees that have been here for many, many, many years, longer than, than, than me and quite frankly, most, most of the younger generations that work here now. It's a lot of worker bees running around here. Yeah, almost 50. No way. Yeah. 50 employees. 50 employees, yeah. Wild. Yeah. So Wild. Um, So when was the shop founded? 1961. Um, the first boards, um, Dawn Shaped, were in a place called Cavella Bay on the north shore of Oahu. And uh, and then the, the, the storefront happened, I believe, in like early 1962 in Cardiff where the crank in bar still is today. That was the original location. I did not realize that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then in the late sixties, they built this building. He had a partner, um, uh, who, who was a successful business guy who he randomly met through the sun on a day when he was surfing in Del Mar, he stepped on a stingray he was limping up the beach, it was bleeding, and some kid came down and said, hey, my parents have a house right here on the on the beach. If you wanna come up, we can take care of you. And uh, they ended up, the kid and my dad ended up becoming friends. Fast forward, and I don't know exactly how many years, but tragically, his, his friend, um, passed away of cancer and through that friendship he became very close with his friend's father and so a lot of the 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 money to help kind of seed Hansons and help build the surfboard manufacturing business was through this man his name is Bob Driver oh yeah that's his picture right there yeah so he was kind of my dad's business mentor. Um, a lot of people don't actually even know know that, but uh, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, he helped help buy the land, I believe, and and build uh, help build the building, and was a was a fifty fifty partner with my dad for many many years. Wow. Um, <clears throat> when the manufacturing side of our business, so. Hanson's wasn't retail. We were obviously a surfboard manufacturer and one of the biggest in the country at one time. Um, it's funny you had mentioned uh, Grubby Clark. Uh, my dad and, and Grubby were actually really, really close at one time. Mm. And even to the close enough to where Grubby had asked my dad to be uh, like the god father to his kids. Oh my well, gosh. when Grubby ended up kind of deciding that, that there was a lot of business to be had outside of just keeping it to like the manufacturers, which changed the whole uh, landscape of manufacturing. And that's where I think the garage shaper started popping up. 
of course my dad and grubby had a bit of a falling out there and 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 actually at one point i think even ended up in court they've now become they're they that was so long ago they were young you know and i think even grubby would probably laugh at it today sure um yeah so don was doing the manufacturing um he thought in his biggest year i think he did almost six thousand surfboards which was a a pretty, for, I mean, so we had that, dealers probably. Yeah, he had a bunch of a ton of dealers on the East Coast. If you go to the East Coast, you'll see tons of Hansons all up and down the yeah. uh, East Coast, Florida, all the way up into Maine. You know, people, yeah. people always have the old the old Hansons, and there obviously was tons of Hansons on the on the West Coast, and and uh, and then as the 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 garage shaper hat ha, the garage shaper. Um, that kind of whole evolution, you know, our, or my dad's business at the time started to kind of change. Sure. Um, he was pretty, people don't know, but he was pretty cutting edge. You know, he was one of the, the first, uh, shapers to have an actual shaping machine. We actually have pictures, I think down on, we have a kind of a picture board down in our surfboard area, which we'll bring up to the, to the museum. But it, it shows this like really like, pretty at the time really technical shaping machine so he was pretty like forward thinking he always told me he goes look we were real forward thinking but almost like we were ahead of the technology so we tried things that just weren't technology hadn't yeah gotten to that level to actually make it work um you know they were working on like sandwiched like mold pop-out boards wow they did uh uh a board that was hollow that was kind of their last really uh one of their last kind of real pushes in technology and they actually put a warranty on the board wow. and there was they just hadn't thought it through quite quite well enough and people would like stomp out the tail and then you know ride it for a year and then right before the warranty was out like oh no they would heat there was all kinds so he's like i spent like over like a year or more just honoring my warranties and brutal so that's when they actually kind of made the switch and decided hey you know it's time to get into into the, the retailing side of things so uh so yeah, that would that was kind of that that deciding, pretty much out of out of pure just des- desperation. It was just hey, let's try to do some some retailing as opposed to manufacturing. A lot of lessons learned there and missteps, obviously, in business. And um, that's an ongoing theme through these conversations I've been having with various other store owners. Is surfboard manufacturing is not profitable enough to really run a business on and. But it's so key and important to building the surf shop experience. Absolutely. As you're well aware, there's a lot of, quote, surf shops that exist that aren't associated with a label. You know, it's they carry a bunch of surfboards yeah, in there yeah, from yeah, various yeah. manufacturers. Yeah. But gone are the days of Hanson's or Jacob's or Bing or whatever it was at mm-hmm. the time where it's like you start building boards and then you grow a business around that. Eventually, you need T-shirts, mm-hmm. so you start carrying T-shirts, and then board shorts, and it grows organically. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's such a weird thing in that that first initial thing that you need for street cred is a lost leader totally. from a business standpoint. Well, we actually, when I started here in two thousand one, 
my dad had built a, a new part of the store. It was very separate. It was kind of a skate and like shortboard. And that was kind of the first, like f- for a bunch of years, <clears throat> we didn't even hardly have any surfboards in Hanson's, believe it or not. Like we were down to maybe, I think there might've been 25 surf long boards just yeah. kind of there, just, just to be there. But it was, it was so, so, so small. Um, but we kept driving up and down the coast, like looking out at the ocean and there were just surfers everywhere. And it was, you know, it seemed to be very like a happening thing, which obviously it is. And so we then decided, Hey, you know what, we need to recommit to our roots and what we really were founded on, which is surfing and surfboards and being a true surf shop. And that's when we did that, like, we actually took the skate and, and shortboard area and kind of created a bigger space and then committed to five or 600 surfboards, all, you know, wow. tons of them, you know, a big majority of them are hand shaped and, and we do a lot of Hansons with our local shaper and then obviously sell all of the other brands. Right. But I'll tell you, to your point, when we did that, although that's a lost leader, that was such an important move in our business it just brought so many more people back into Hanson's and we really built off that ever since you know and and although selling surfboards is not a really lucrative business it's it's so important to just the the heritage and 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 the roots of our business you know yeah it's who we really are although all of the other things, t-shirts, board, sh- uh, board shorts, sandals, blah, blah, blah. That surfboard room is is, is really important. And, and, and ever since we reinvested there, our business has really thrived. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. yeah. So um, It's weird. I mean, it's such a unique business in that way. Um, it is. The it's, surf, yeah, surf retail. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, 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 it. it it's easy to get caught up in the dollars and cents of that particular yeah. department and category as a as a owner of a retail biz, but God, there's so many intangibles there That's that you thing. can't value just on, paper. on dollars and yeah. cents. Yeah, you lose the plot if you get rid of the boards. I mean, I think the totally. way that it generally works is um, middle America or just mom buying product for her kid who's in elementary school or junior high they're following trends they're subject to the trends and the people setting the trends are the surfers in the water doing the biggest turn or the biggest air Mm -hmm. and so if you as the retailer aren't appealing to the surfer doing the biggest air and the biggest turn then you lose all of the coattail influence absolutely so even though it's kind of a loss leader on paper it's worth its weight in marketing dollars a hundred percent. Yeah. It, it really legitimizes you as to who you are. Totally. I mean, it didn't make sense when our signage said Hanson surfboards and then you'd walk in and there'd be yeah. 25 surfboards. No. That just doesn't, no. it just. It, the other thing that's important for you specifically in this area is supporting local board builders. Like if totally. you can just kind of put money back into that community and Absolutely. maybe it's a guy making Hanson label or maybe it's another label next to it on the shelf but just kind of infusing capital into those that community has tremendous karmic value yeah absolutely yeah 
When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, back to your dad and his business partner. What else is, I think, inter- interesting, and you guys are a great example of, is um, it, being a good surfboard shaper and being a good businessman are two entirely different things. <laughs> and they're almost at odds, to be honest, because um, they're different parts of the brain and then being a good retailer and running a good retail business is an entirely different thing as well and and there's probably 10 other things along the way that take a very unique skill set so it requires a unique alchemy for somebody to pull that off or just I guess maybe delegating to the right people and embracing their strengths and letting them be a part of it Don has always really preached to me to, to, to make sure and delegate to delegate and to divide and conquer and 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 really at the end of the day is always like look there's always someone who is just better at doing even than shaping he was like look i love to shape and i shape but it was very clear to me early on that there were just guys who were better at it and more motivated to do those things um in all aspects of the biz you know like i think that 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 delegating is 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 important and and then to to really believe in the people that you're you know delegating and trusting them and and empowering them you know and and giving them you know a lot of we leeway to kind of yeah find their way right yeah you know we're definitely the Hanson family is not I would like to think we're not micromanagers at by by any means. <laughs> Good. Uh, we'll talk to your employees afterwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so he first started obviously selling surfboards. He did. And do you remember? I mean, you probably weren't around at the no. time. But what what was he? What were the first products that he was bringing in? So 
And what so, brands, too. Oh, when he be started into the retail side yeah. of things. Um, so it was, it was, I mean, it was so at the beginning of that whole evolution of selling other products other than, other than, uh, uh, surfboards. So, and he was actually, you know, investing in, he was one, and I don't, I'm not sure, I, I could be wrong, but I, Wax Research, which I think was called something different originally, but my dad was one of the original founders or put some seed money there a lot of people don't don't realize that he wasn't there for a very long time um um and then and then from there something i am really uh uh comfortable in telling the story is he was one of the founders of ocean pacific that's something that a lot of people don't know actually the first big shipment of ocean pacific product was shipped out of this building right here holy cow so there were like i think four guys who founded the founded the company bob driver who was my dad's business partner at hanson surfboards who he, he came he had founded and was a in, an insurance guy he owned an insurance company called driver insurance and uh um so anyways so he was kind of the backer from a from the money side of things um, and yeah, so they were, they were all involved in the ocean Pacific thing. So that was kind of the start of like selling like leashes and wax and, and, you know, fins and board shorts and, and clothing and, and just doing all of that. And then, and then from there, obviously there was, there was all the, the surf companies were starting to show up, mm -hmm. um, a little bit later on but kind of in that same realm and then the ski thing was happening and that's actually a kind of a funny story he got in so so surf was dying retail was just getting started the overall business at the time was kind of struggling um, and somewhere he had seen that guys were you know the ski thing was starting to become more popular um and uh he decided to take a risk and go out and actually buy a bunch of ski product <laughs> so he br brings in all this ski stuff he'd heard that you know hey this is going to be a big deal southern california there wasn't it was hard to find ski stuff but people were 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 into going and skiing and 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 anyways his partner who was the successful business guy came in and said hey don we're a surf shop like what the hell are you doing and he said look i think this is an opportunity like you know this is everything else is kind of you know teetering like i think this might be an opportunity for us long story short is bob driver was like and eh, i think maybe this i think you're gonna break the company so i think it's maybe time actually my dad said i think well then bob i think it's time maybe we part ways and uh and anyways long story short through their the parting of ways and figuring out how they were going to separate some of the assets that they had bought and owned over the years the ski thing just exploded <laughs> and my dad always laughed and he was 
obviously stayed close with Bob was like a second father to him. He, he, he said Bob was such an entrepreneur that, that he didn't want to, in the end, he didn't want to sell. Well, I, I don't, I don't know if this is fair and I don't know if I sh- you should make me sell. And my dad was like, I want something on my own now, Bob. Yeah. Like you, you've been very like super successful. And, and Bob in the end was fine doing sure. it. And they, stayed traveled the world you know the world for the next 20 or 30 years as friends and and bob was a lot older than my dad i think he was like 20 20, over 20 years older than my father so um a really cool you know story but funny how it all kind of worked its way out you know do you guys still carry ski or snow products we do so we actually still today we're like one of the last i mean i don't know if honestly there's I mean, I think there's probably a few in the country, but that we do a full, obviously, surf, beach, biz. But in the winter, we do rental. We have a rental shop. We do a full snowboard retail store and a full ski and boot, you know, retail store as as well. So we're pretty unique. But you just bring that in for the season. It's just for, it's like a four-month season, like November through the end of February. Yeah, I mean, for listeners who aren't in Southern California, it's a two-hour drive to the mountains, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So, people always are like, you guys do ski and snow? We're like, yeah, yeah it's only two hours to yeah. to, to Big Bear Snow Summit. And, we'll and six to- hours up to to uh, Mammoth. Good snow. Yeah, good snow. <laughs> and an hour and a half to Utah. So, yeah, you get a – there's tons. It's amazing how many ski- skiers you just don't think about it. Everybody skis or there's snowboards. There's a tremendous or, amount of overlap. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um what was your experience growing up in the shop and why did it take you until you were out of college to work here? I would think that you'd be like crawling around on the retail floor and then start working when you were 13 or something, (laughs) you know? So, so I, I was born here in, in San Diego and, and went to school until I was 10. But my dad actually, um, at the time was taking vacations up to Montana. Um, outside of Bozeman in a place called Big Sky. And I think it was just kind of my mom and my dad's idea. They were just like, look, why don't we raise Josh in Montana? Um, so they just kind of up and took took me up there. And, and so I was raised actually in Montana. Wow. I would come down here in the summers for a week or two and and – uh, you know, do a little surfing and just hang out at the beach and, and, and whatever and cruise through the shop. And, but yeah, it wasn't really into my background is actually in, I was a ski racer. So I, I skied a lot in high school and, and, and then I went to a, to a college that was, you know, a, a really good, I actually ended up not skiing in college, but, but I kind of went there with the idea of maybe trying to walk on, but I ended up being, I, you know, I was roommates and friends with all, I knew all the guys, you yeah. know, coming up through skiing. What, so. do you, what do you think was behind your parents' decision to not raise you on the coast? You know, I think, it, again, I think it was about, you know, my dad had spent so, his whole life um, on the coast and on the beach and, and everything it just has gotten so busy in the summers or you know i think the summers we always talk about this 
you know, Encinitas is a, a, an amazing town, but for the three months in the summertime, it's just so packed full of people. It's hard to move around. Obviously, the weather's amazing. The beaches are, are killer, but, but when you live here, um, I think for, for somebody who's been there their whole life and has been blessed and lucky enough to maybe have the ability to, to go elsewhere where it's a little bit more low key. Yeah. They just felt like that was a better lifestyle at the time. Yeah. He's he's seen it change a lot. Yeah. It's changed a lot in his time. For sure. And they still love it. They now yeah. they're spending more like the winters get long in the mountains and so they're spending sure. more and more time back down here for sure. Um since you've been involved in the business, obviously the internet, there's been the advent yeah. of e com and the internet. Yeah. Um how have you guys managed that and have you invested in it at all? What does it mean to your business? So, so yeah, so we have, and it's been, it's been a really crazy call it 10 years, you know, with the growth of Amazon and that whole technology. And, and prior to that, you know, the, the, the affiliate programs through all the brands and we've had tons. So, product to product listings where billabong has a board short and they tell the consumer hey you can go buy it at hansen's or jack's or san diego or you know here are all the you know at the time that was a great model things they would keep the product and drop ship it no no we would have the we would buy the product and then they but they would not they weren't really selling direct to the consumer obviously the evolution of retail is to take more of a direct to consumer model, um, which obviously then changed, you know, all of the economics for the, the surf shop. And then, and then obviously Amazon has grown into a, to a crazy beast. Um, so, so it's been challenging from there. Um, we've, we've been consistent in investing and just making sure that we have a digital presence, you know that 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 we do we do have people that put product online and our customers can buy online it's not a huge percentage of our biz but i think it's a really important marketing tool i think there is a lot of information gathering and obviously google as their algorithms and all of that stuff has gotten better and better you know regionally speaking you do get a lot of visibility there. So we want to make sure that we have that presence. Um, so yeah, we, in, we definitely invest and it's not cheap, you know, it, it costs money to, to, to do it all and, and, and do it at, at a, I mean, at a relatively high level, um, to do it correctly. I mean, I'm used to, let's use Amazon as the example of course. and, um, reading a bunch of reviews. So like whatever product I want, here's, 20 options here's all of the reviews aggregating <laughs> the information that i want and i'll get it to you tomorrow yep. and you don't pay shipping so and unless you, you get to comp- see all of the pricing and a yeah. lot of cases the pricing isn't even at the full retail value right. which is inherently an issue in our industry and quite frankly in retail generally speaking yep. um so, so unless you can provide that exact experience for me the consumer it's tough for me to buy from your website, totally. you know, and, but for you to provide that experience, 
means you're constantly updating product on the website. You have to have a shipping and fulfilling station downstairs. You can't compete. No, you simply cannot. You can't. Yeah, it's that 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 the world is 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 the digital world and uh, is changing. But what's interesting is what I see out there. And this is just my two cents. Even Amazon is more or less a pure play online behemoth. They're even now starting to look to invest in more brick and mortar. Um, and you see some of the, the, the like the targets and even Walmarts now have like they've kind of gone the opposite way. They've had their footprint in brick and mortar, and that's where their majority of their biz is. But now they've invested heavily in the digital world to try to compete some with Amazon. Um, I think our industry needs to get way more inclusive. I agree. I've talked about this on Shop Eat Surf at times. Like, I hey, if I was running Billabong or Quicksilver or any of the brands, I would be obviously going direct to the consumer. But I would, I sometimes feel like there should be a little bit more focus and 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 inclusivity. In, including the retailers and they do a good job don't get me wrong the, the brands support us on like it's amazing sometimes it's actually gets a little bit over the top and how much like ability or, or or support and resources they want to give but then there's places where i think there's there's a miss maybe a little bit because of lack of understanding but i i think hey the digital world amazon you know, Google, whatever it is, these are big, powerful, you know, generational changing the landscape of retail. And for that matter, all different businesses, you know, really being conscious and really trying to make sure that, that the Hansons and the, and the, the core is, is included in all of the strategies around those channels is, is, is I think the way that, that that our industry will will survive. What is Hanson's strength over those giant companies? Well, I mean, obviously, it's. I mean, the strengths are from a brick and mortar perspective. I mean, you come into Hanson's, you're going to get a great experience. You know, you're going to smell. It, it, it smells like a surf shop when you come in. We have you know long term employees, so from that perspective you know the experience is 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 you just can't replicate that on amazon or anywhere else so we have that 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 there's a moat there um um we have knowledge obviously in some of these technical wetsuits and surfboards and 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 all of those things so those are all you know competitive advantages that 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 are important but but let's face it, the Brett, the the biggest chunk of our business um, are all the things that you can really just go buy in all of these other channels, right? You can go to Quicksilver.com, you can go direct to Amazon. Yeah, but people are choosing to come here. Well, for sure, you have people who come and and choose to come here, um, and, and that's and, and that's really important. But, but more and more people are also going to these other channels. 
Um, so my, I always am just like, look, the more and more that the brands are willing to, to include the Hansons, you know, and the, and the, 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 the guys who really, I mean, I always was wondering why, why would, why would Vans call Hansons and be like, Hey, we want to take, we want to take you to the North shore, you know, for the triple crown. You know what? Like we don't, dude. We don't. We don't. The the needle doesn't even like. We're a we're a rounding error. They're yeah. a huge. But really, at the end of the day, it's about brand equity, right? It's about the core is building the equity in these brands. We do have an impact on the consumer and what is, you know, legitimate. You know, cool. Um, there is value there. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, and I, we're getting a lot. We're going like I, I see this this whole transformation of you know being more inclusive. Um, you know, I, I think I think our industry should get back to product to product listings. Sure. Why not? Sure. I see it in like other brand in other industries mm-hmm. the hunting I'm, i love to hunt and fish and i see a lot of p2p still going on yeah. in those industries the which uh, is always gonna help the example that you just gave is kind of analogous to what we were talking about earlier where as a retailer carrying a surfboard gives you street cred vans might not be moving the most product through this store but it gives them street cred totally. by being in this store. It you gives, validate yes. their core existence. We create some of the authenticity yeah. that you need to to really be a successful brand, you know? Yeah. Um, so um, what do you think is – we were talking before the mics went on about, like, um, I couldn't be a surfer when I was growing up yeah. without going through a surf shop. Sure. I simply needed, I mean, surfboards, maybe I could get direct from my local shaper, but board shorts weren't available in Nordstrom or big retail stores. Like you had to go to a surf shop to get a board, board shorts and certainly wetsuits. For sure. So I had to be in a surf shop five times a year, let's say growing up. Um, What do you think is lost on today's youth? I mean, if, if there is a future where they can buy everything through Amazon, um, what's lost for surf culture Uh, well i mean i think inevitably like humans are gonna humans want interaction right so like there's always gonna be that human to human interaction where they do want more knowledge they want to come in they want to have an experience um so sometimes it's a little bit overly um I even would get obsessed with like no one even needs to come to Hanson's anymore, you know? They like they people want to come in to to Hanson's. But yeah, I mean it's it, it is it's about the interaction, it's about the knowledge, it's about um um you know, being able being able to learn. I, I think there's in certain aspects there's a lot of opportunity here. I think the the pool of people who enjoy the ocean and 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 want to be a part of surf culture because yeah. it is, I mean even today like I have buddies 
all the time have no connection to surf, never surfed in their world. But the minute I say, yeah, my family has a surf shop. Oh, really? Oh, dude, that's so awesome. I'd love to, I'd love to get into surfing. So there's like, there's an instant connection, right? To the ocean and surfing. And, and so I don't think all is lost, right? I think that it's all, it's all good, but it's all in how we kind of manage through, you know, and some of it is quite frankly, just basic principles of, of, supply and demand sometimes right sure you know like people came to surf shops before before macy's and nordstrom's because the supply was at surf shops yeah well you guys i mean for listeners who aren't familiar with the area you're located on pch right the ocean is right across the street and so you're not getting just surfers either. You're getting a lot of tourist foot traffic. And, yeah. Um, we have a great, like, location is key. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of dynamics here just, like, in general with mall. Some of the C and B mall locations yeah. of just Amazon has taken enough of that biz where those economics just don't work anymore. Right. It, it just, but. Talking about um, the reason why people come in to retail now is because of the experience. Yeah. And this has been validated. Um like a lot of giant retailers are incorporating like um, department store retail, you know, makeup application center, espresso bar on the third floor. For sure. Like all these experiences that you just cannot yeah. get. Malls doing like music and yeah. restaurants and Quick, things that you never saw Quicksilver's before. Quicksilver's Board Rider Club concept yeah. is a retail store. You can get your hair cut and shave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can yeah. get a coffee over there. What kind of things have you guys implemented or have you to enhance the customer experience? I mean, honestly, built from Don's whole strategy over the last 55 years has really been around, you know, investing in your people, treating your employees well, having compassion, and and and, and that just then, you know, and... and and preaching that hey you know like if a customer comes in with a pair of twenty dollar sandals and this and this and the toe post blew out like yeah okay they wore them for six months yeah they probably should just buy a new pair but if if a guy is adamant about it being a manufactured are we gonna are we gonna argue it over something that's going to cost ten dollars to the business or are we just going to be like hey dude no problem i mean these are the little things that that are really and i believe it too are super impactful um to creating experience we just the customer is always right we're just not we're we are always gonna do our best to make sure that the customer leaves happy. And and I'll be the first one to tell you we get taken advantage of all the time, but I would tell you that the the value of getting taken advantage of at on occasion to what it does to the big picture and people saying I love going there because yeah. it's just the best experience. I don't ever feel like you know, you guys aren't going to do the right thing. Yeah. And that's, that's and cute. that is something that hasn't all through the really good years of retailing 
some of that got lost because it was just so there was just going to be another customer who showed up yeah. so that you use the word compassion and that's what it is and that's what e-com can't re ever, replace, ever replace or the robots or ai coming or any of that it's like it was you were treating that person humanely totally you know they had a they had a plight and maybe they were even just having a bad day and if he came in tomorrow, he would have just paid for it. You for know? sure. But just treating someone humanely is the difference. It's key. Yeah. It's something that we really, I mean, and I always do, we do employee meetings every quarter or something. And I always say, guys, 99% of everything in the store can be bought in all these different channels. And in a lot of cases, it discounts. All we have to rest on in our store is the experience that we give. And the experience is just, you know, engaging the customer when they walk yeah. in if they have a question and you don't know you know just be hey, i don't can't answer that let me try to find someone totally. who can and you just make the customers happy and sometimes that you got to do things that don't doesn't feel really good but it's just the right thing to do yeah i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Um, um, speaking of employees... How has that changed over the years? Do you, I mean, we'll, we can. It's fun to gripe about millennials not wanting to work and being entitled. <laughs> Is that a reality for you dealing with kids nowadays? I mean, how does that. Uh, what's shocking to me? You can answer that, but I'll interrupt myself. Um, it's shocking to me how good employee retention is in surf shops. Everybody I talk to is like, oh, I've had this guy for 22 years, this person for 18 years. And I'm like, yeah, but what's the compensation package look like to retain these people? You know what? It's lifestyle. It's fun to okay. be. It's fun. This is a fun. This is a fun industry to work in, and especially at surf shop. I mean, look, we're not the compensation in a surf shop and the economics of a surf shop. You know, luckily for the bigger, better located stores, you know, like like. I guess I can only speak for us, but we've been blessed to have enough business to, to continue to pay our, you know, management over the years and, you know, have some benefits and, and things like that. But you're not going to get rich in this, in this, in this business unless you're the owner, I guess. I mean, um, but, but the lifestyle is, okay. is, is it's a good lifestyle there's sure there's active people you're close to the ocean yeah. there's beautiful people so you're <laughs> always you know you're so so back to the employee pool though for how sure. is that for you guys the labor pool i mean it's it's always i mean hey let's face it the 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 the, the labor pool right now is really tight i mean the country apparently is at somewhat full employment so I mean, we have our we have our turnover at, at times but we we try to do uh, we try to do enough and and to, to make people feel good about coming to work here um, are those people better employees now than they were 10 and 20 years ago or are they worse employees now? I mean 
or do they require I think more that's training? a debatable I think that's a debate I think it depends on who you ask you get multiple different answers um, um, but no I, every everybody at Hansen's works really hard and hey we're really busy I mean it's a grind it's yeah. funny we get people who are who maybe come from a slow shop and they maybe don't they haven't really paid attention to like or haven't been in on a Saturday I mean it's I mean, there's hundreds of people and registers and things going on in our store. And yeah, we get occasionally someone who's like, dude, I got a splitting headache and I got to leave. Yeah. And, they, and then, you know, they, 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 they don't end up coming back. Right. You know, um, or they work for a week and don't come back. What's uh, kind of the best product category for you guys? What are you guys selling the most? Of? So we sell a, a lot of footwear. Oh, that's always a great category for us. Sandals, shoes. Obviously, everything's a little bit seasonal. Um, um, Wetsuits is a huge part of our is biz. It? Oh yeah, we yeah we do a, a really great business with wetsuits. I mean, and then men's and women's just apparel is is enormous, hmm. um, and a big chunk of our biz. So I would say those four and then and then you know like seasonally in our snow and a good snow year like this last year was insane. That was a a great biz for 3 or 4 months. That's just a dangerous category because if it I don't care how good you are as a retailer if you don't have snow you're screwed. Okay. <laughs> That's why there's not a lot of guys yeah. left in, in the biz. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And then like Surfboards are as surfboards. Surfboards has been a bit of a struggle, although the last six months has shown some better, you know, numbers. I didn't walk through the surfboard area. Do you guys carry local brands? We do. Okay. We do. To be to be perfectly honest with you, I have Lucas is our board buyer, and he's great surfer and very involved in the local community of shapers and whatnot so i don't even 100 percent know all of the different labels oh, okay. that we have down there now but we sell all of the major labels and then you know we have a lot of smaller guys now yeah. as well um good we even have a kid the 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 one that's just been like crazy for us and it's kind of cool because he actually worked here um for a number of years um, Ryan Birch. Yeah. And so he now, I mean, he's a pro surfer, but he does this shaping. A lot of these guys are doing that now. And man, it's amazing. Like, we'll get a dozen Birch boards and they're like gone in a week. Yeah, because which is nuts. there's so much scarcity. I know. Like, you cannot. It's I mean, if, if you order a board from him, who knows when you're going to get it? Totally. Because he's in Chile. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's so awesome. That's, cool. that's a boon yeah. for you guys. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we've been. And I don't think does he retail them anywhere else? He might. I don't think he does. He may not. Or maybe it. like in Europe. Yeah, or yeah, in Japan. I think yeah, he's got like right. a distributor there, maybe. Yeah. But but yeah, so those are always like fun. Good you know, for you. it's cool to to the energy there and yeah. Firewire's been like a uh, uh, a good brand for us Has for it? for a bunch of years now. Um, what and then you, obviously Channel Islands, Lost, all those brands are still rusty. They're all good brand. We always sell a nice chunk of boards every year. I'd love to get your thoughts on the controversy of kind of um, 
some of those bigger brands offering their boards on consignment, you know, which seems like a great deal for the retailer, but the controversy being the blowback from the smaller builders who are used to um, getting paid for their product, obviously up front, not up front, but within 30 days or whatever. What are, what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts on that whole, and, and, and I would speak with any, any business that's built around everything being on wheels, as we would say in, in, in the industry, it's a recipe for disaster. Like, yeah, it inflates some business, but inevitably, like at some point, if you're not a, if you're not savvy enough to understand what you can and cannot sell, and you have to have everything on wheels, I think that that is inevitably only gonna end poorly. Hmm. I think generally speaking in our industry, and you see that this is, this change has been somewhat forced, but the days of just like, if you got a hunch, buy a bunch and and just just stack it and pack it, like, like nobody can afford that anymore. And where does that product go that sits on the floor for six months or with a surfboard, you know? I mean, you're only gonna get a couple of turns if you're lucky in a surfboard business a year, I think. Um, where do all those boards then go when they've sat on the floor for six months or a year on a consignment deal and now they're just like handed back? Back to the manufacturer. What are they doing? I mean, again, some, some of, maybe there's enough markets out there where they can kind of make it but but eventually that ends up catching up and it really caught up i think in from an apparel standpoint as yeah. all of our major manufacturers eventually went bankrupt yeah they just they were just there was never like a, a focus on and so for us personally we could probably go down that road and i just refuse to go down that road of like Hey, give me 200 boards. I'm only going to sell 60 of them, but yeah. But let's put 200 in. So consignment is not the answer. I don't think so. And Don never thought so. Don has always been like, buy it, buy sell it, it, sell pay it, for it, pay for it. Keep yeah, a are profit. you going to miss sales? A hundred percent. Yeah, are you maybe not always going to maximize every dollar? Yeah. Of course not. Yeah. But, but, buy it sell it try to return as little like as little as possible there's always going to be some returns sure. and some of that like there's that that that's healthy i think but those deals always end up bad yeah. you know they always end bad in my opinion i'm glad to hear i mean to your point about um what happens with the product that gets returned is i think a really salient point and i think when times are ripe you know, and everybody's belt gets loose and it's like, oh yeah, just like, let's make a ton of product and let's sell a bunch of product. That looks really gross always in retrospect, you know? Totally. And you do, and then it, it from an environmental standpoint of just like, where does this stuff end yeah. up? Or maybe not even environmental, maybe it just goes to the discounter. Well, that's, yeah. TJ Maxx or whatever it is for the clothing brands. And um, that undercuts the brand's value. It undercuts Hanson's value. So just on a on a larger it just builds scale, that snowball just builds it's not the right until, way to run a business yeah, period from yeah. the manufacturer's business nor your business 
Yeah. Ski got really, ski got really crazy, ski and snowboard. And then all of a sudden we had, you know, the economy tanked, there was no snow, you know, and, and these big, these big brands, man, they were just, they were just so, they were just pushing product. And, yeah. and, and I'll tell you all because they, they, you know, they all struggled immensely. Some went away, some yeah. were on fumes. But now it's it's like the business when you go like to the ski show. It's I mean it's it's business. Yeah. Tell me what you're gonna buy. We'll build it. You own it. You, you know maybe there's a little bit of deals in you know in certain brands maybe that that. But but it's but it's not. Hey, take a two hundred grand worth of product and. Hey, you might only sell sixty of it, but that that's fine. We'll we'll right. just take care of it on the right. back end. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the whole culture has shifted beyond that. You know, it's more like Patagonia's model of just like we'll make a good quality product and we'll stand behind it. Yeah, and we'll replace it yeah. for the lifetime of totally. it. Like that is kind of where everybody's head is at now. I think for sure. And it's okay. Like I've, I I always t- t- try to tell the the industry people. Guys, it's okay to sell out. Yeah. When if, when is when is someone went broke selling out? Yeah. I and don't it's know. It's okay for the consumer to want wait. it and to wait. Yeah. There's talk to demand. Ryan Birch about that. Vans. <laughs> Vans is one of those brands that I've been so impressed. Now again, there's all the guys out there that'll kind of have the spin, but but I will say, like, they're really disciplined. I think there's. Based on their growth over the last five years, I think there's been a lot more demand than there has been what they've supplied. Now, it's a huge biz, but they've... And I could be wrong there, because I don't know, obviously, that much. But I just feel like like if they wanted to be a lot bigger, a lot quicker... They could totally could do it. Yeah, no, they're they're measured in their growth for sure. You know, yeah. So they're 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 strategic. Yeah, strategic and how they've protected that brand. I mean, that brand has unbelievable like optics. You know, it does. Right. I mean, and even like I look at our biz, like we have. I mean, shit, it gets a little scary when like you go into your back room and it's like eighty percent vans. Yeah. Like that's always a little bit like whoa, but but what's interesting is that the business is healthy enough where it's so it's such a big part of our and it's really not probably 80 because olakai's got a big chunk and i don't know exactly what the percentages are but it's a bit i mean there's a lot of vans boxes back there but then like univ sells vans yeah you know right we coexist and yeah. it's you know the segmentation that the, the and people come in wanting vans yeah <laughs> yeah so fascinating yeah um in closing who, where does the business go from here? Do you have kids that are interested in taking over the business? I mean, so I don't. I actually, I have a stepdaughter, Sailor. So maybe if she has any interest in in running retail, but but probably more likely, my sister has a son and a daughter. Um, so those would be the three. Do any of that generation show any interest at all in? They, they do. Okay. But they're so they're you're talking McKenna's seven eighteen, Jack's fifteen, fifteen. They should be or out 16. there wearing a lanyard right now working the They floor. do and they do. She okay, actually good. McKenna's good. out there right now good. working. And Jack Jack 
in between. He's still doing some pretty competitive surfing stuff, so he travels some. But um, but when he's back, he's in the shop working. And okay. Sailor's only 13, so she can't legally work yet. Although she has come in a few times. I don't care if it's legal a, or not. Yeah, she yeah, get her in there for sure. No, no, no. So, so yeah, we'll 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 see where it goes. You know, we hope. I mean, I think for our dad, he would love to continue. You know, the legacy. Absolutely. But it's cha- retail is is challenging now. It's a grind. It's hard. It's harder, and I mean, you just see that that just Amazon alone, you're just like, wow, this is such a a bear. Yeah. I mean, it retail's changing, but it's not going. Away. No, 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 for sure. So. Awesome. Well, thank you, Josh. Of course. Thank you. For the record, Hanson Surfboard Inventory is a who's who of small production, high quality San Diego shapers. I took time to walk the floor after we finished recording this, and it's a lot of stuff that I've never actually seen on retail racks. They stock McCallum's, Birch's, Wegner, Mitzvin, Blackbird. Uh, it's actually the best surfboard selection of any shop that I've been into in a really long time. I mean, all those small kind of boutique low production producers, but also, you know, almost every model of all of the large manufacturers as well. So really good on them. And if you've been trying to get your hand on one of those brands directly and you've been put on a wait list, then Hanson really is your opportunity to just go grab one today. So you can visit them online at hansonsurf.com. And then, of course, we are giving away a custom-made Rawson surfboard to one benefactor of our work here. Just make a donation on surfsplendorpodcast.com slash donate in the month of September, and you'll be entered to win. Some people have monthly recurring donations set up for 5 bucks, so you're welcome to do that. That goes a long way towards um, our efforts here. And then those who are already entered to win, you can double up your chances and win by using promo code podcast on spyoptic.com. And by the way, you don't have to be a financial donator of the show. If you just go buy a pair of sunglasses on spyoptic.com and use our promo code, that'll get you an entry. Um, but you can double it by doing that. So my go-to frame with Spy that I've been wearing for the last month or two is the Deco. I do it with happy lenses, of course. And they have endless styles for men, women. They do prescription lenses, um, snow goggles. So grab a pair of any of this on spyoptic.com. That'll earn you an entry to win the Ross and Surfboard or another entry. And if you do win that board, you'll only be responsible for shipping. So thanks so much for the continued support. 
This is David Scales for Surf Splendor. I'll be back on Friday with a new episode of The Grit with a special guest, Derek Riley, alongside Chaz Smith. And then Spit on Tuesday and back here on Surf Splendor next Wednesday. Until then, get in the ocean, share some waves, and shred them. Place.